Welcome to the Fathom Analytics Podcast with Jack Ellis and team. I love that this is a joke that's just, that's kept on giving. It was one thing that happened one time, and now internally, it's a joke that we probably bring up every single day. For those who aren't aware of this, some on Twitter, Paul tweeted about how excited we were. We landed um, GitHub's new project, started using Fathom, and Paul tweeted about it from his own account. And someone replies saying, congratulations, congratulations to Jack and team. <laughs> well, no, it started with just congratulations, Jack, oh, because he thought that you ran Fathom by yourself. Right. Okay. And then you're like, it's not just me. He's like, oh, okay, congratulations, Jack and team. <laughs> and then it was, yeah, then he couldn't remember who you were. So the funny thing is, this wasn't a tweet that I, this wasn't him replying to a, re- it was him replying directly to you. He follows you. And he's actually a really nice guy. It was really, really funny to just see this play out. I kind of, what I like about it is the fact that I've talked about how the last six months I've been trying to remove my personal brand from the internet and not be (laughs) Paul Jarvis, a known person. And I was like, it's working. This is what happens. Yeah. (laughs) We have won in the funniest of ways. Oh man, you got to love it. So that's, that's the end joke right now. It is. So Today, I think we're just going to talk about um, what we're kind of working on with Fathom and how we're getting closer and closer to V3 and all the things that are going into um, the stuff that you and I are doing to get things ready. That sounds good to me, my friend. All right, let's talk about the marketing site first, because that's something you and I were both, (laughs) that's something we were working on late last night. It was like, oh, I got, you said, oh, I have 15 minutes to uh, hop on Tuple and work on something. And it ended up being about probably about 45 minutes. And I think (laughs) you went to bed a little bit later because we were just trying to get um, one or two things done. Yeah, super janky, super kind of rough, but it doesn't matter as our listeners will find out why it doesn't matter if the code is janky. Yeah, especially the first time writing it. And I mean, I, you and I were talking about why well, I talk about this a lot, how when I'm creating like a CSS and HTML framework, the first time I do it is really garbage. Mm-hmm. But then after I've done it, I see, okay, here are all of the ways that I can refine this code, make it better, make it more efficient, make it smaller in size. And I, I joke that if I was a better coder, then I could do it correctly the first time. But since I'm not, I do it once then I see all the things that are wrong and then I do it again and then it gets better. Then I do it again and it gets better kind of thing. So, And, and that's the kind of opposite of me because I do everything perfectly first time round and I have <laughs> a real problem with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to work with somebody who never makes any mistakes. It's and- really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're building the new marketing site on, on Jigsaw, which is yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, we landed on Jigsaw. It was an interesting one. And, and one I feel slightly bad about because uh, Jesse from Statamic a while back helped spend so much time helping me with everything. So I do feel a bit um, bad about it on that side. But the, the thing is, we were using Statamic before and Statamic is ridiculously, and I mean, we, ha- we didn't even get to fully try out version three, but Statamic is really powerful, right? And it's far more than we're ever going to need. And uh, 
and we came across Jigsaw. I don't remember exactly how we came across it, but Jigsaw is like a, it's by Titan, which is a Laravel agency, really nice, run by uh, Matt Stolf and a really nice bunch of people. And um, it's like a static site generator, but it's all done with Laravel views. So you can you can make the code as janky as you want. It never actually renders from the server. It's just a static site. And it's very limited in terms of functionality, but it's kind of flexible at the same time, but very limited. And because it's just me and Paul that edit the site at the moment, we, we sort of thought, well, this is really easy. I mean, I had the site set up in... I mean, I had to do the initial bit, right? And that was what? How long did that take? 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, not even. And it's insane. I mean, so we're just right now, we're moving to that. And uh, it's been an absolute treat to work with. And I even emailed Matt the other week and just said, you know, thank you for thank you for building this. Because I've never, I've built sites, you know, I've used Drupal, I've used everything else. And the fact that I basically we can come in and we can go, okay, I know Laravel, I can just edit this however I want. Pretty amazing. And I think that's the main thing is that you know how to write code in Laravel. So all it takes is we don't have to look up how to make something work and fit it in a box of a certain CMS. It's just, oh, you can write Laravel code. We need this to work in this way. So you write the Laravel code. Yeah, it's intuitive. And, and full disclosure, I haven't tried out Statamic V3. So it's, this isn't a comparison between the two. Um, I never got a chance to. And then pretty much it's just been Titan just felt really easy for our use case. If we had more people, I don't know if it would work, but for editing yeah. code and committing it, it's working beautifully. So, Yeah, and I, I know how to do those two things in, in <laughs> GitHub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and part of, I guess, the other, the other side of redoing the marketing site is, one, the UI. Uh, I'm matching up to the new UI of V3. Um, so they look like they're the same company, which is a good thing. But the, the other thing and that I've spent a, a lot of time working on is is the content and the copy. And I've kind of, at least in my mind, um, differentiated that there are, because we get really technical and really into detail mm -hmm. with a lot of the things that we do. A lot of our audience is technical or they just want to know exactly how something works. And that's great. But we do need some pages that just kind of talk about all of the things at a high level. So I've redone, I think it's about a dozen pages now that are, that I'm considering, I guess, marketing pages. So they have a, a different design. They look a bit more interesting. The copy is shorter and it links out to the more in-depth views. And I think that's really going to help where especially if people are hearing about us for the first time, they can learn a lot about what Fathom does without getting into the weeds, like the eight pages we have on, say, data compliance, mm -hmm. right? So I think that that's, um, that's really going to be helpful to, to folks. And then they can always click through, like, maybe I do want to read eight pages on data compliance today. Well, that content is still there, but there is that higher level of content, like the homepage, the features page, and, and all of that, where you get a sense of how things work generally and then dive in. And the audience is split. Some people will never, ever read that compliance section. But then we also have people who, they want their legal teams to be able to see it. And then people in the EU, they're much more mindful of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So someone in Canada may not even give a monkeys about it. And that's fine. I think the motive of that was that we were getting questions on support. And have you noticed how few questions we have since we've done that? Yeah. And now the big thing we have remaining, so right now we're working with a Canadian lawyer who's also a specialist in EU law as well. So it's kind of like a two in two in one for the law stuff. 
or probably more than two in one, but she's handling, she's finalizing our new DPA because our DPA is incredibly detailed. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be rolling that out. And then once we've got that out, I don't think we'll get any support tickets about um, the compliance stuff because we're so detailed. It's so transparent. Lawyers love it. Yeah, and we wanted to do that because we want to be able to answer people's questions, uh, like all of the questions, so they don't have to email us. Because you and I, mostly you, were writing pages of details about yeah. somebody asked Each about oh, this aspect of a compliance issue. It doesn't scale. And if, yeah. So now all of these documents are going to be great. I don't understand how other companies that do similar work don't have as many lawyers as we do. <laughs> Well, you know, you know why. Don't, don't say that. You know why. They don't I do care. know why. Don't, don't talk about it. Yeah. You know why. Yeah, let's not, let's not go there. I guess I, I, I can't fathom <laughs> why they don't do that because it's so important. And I guess that's the answer. It's not important to them. That's just it. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you purposely set yourself up. That's just it. Me and you, I mean, <laughs> internally, we have a huge focus on hiring the best people, getting the best advice. I mean, Rhea is great. For example, Rhea's our privacy officer. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, lawyers and everything else are all great. We put a huge focus on that because we want to save our customers time and everything else and do things properly. Some people just won't care. So you have, you've set yourself up for a little bit of marketing there, but you, yeah. <laughs> and we want to save our customers' butts. Like we don't want, we don't want anybody to get in trouble for things that we've said without running it through. I have multiple lawyers at this point, European lawyers, Canadian lawyers, our, our, our privacy officer, Norway. Like there's so many levels that if we say we are compliant with this law, it has been so properly vetted that it's 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 as airtight as it could possibly be for legal compliance. Another thing is Twitter. So people who perhaps aren't familiar with Fathom. So imagine someone tweets about Fathom. Someone might reply saying, "Oh, but what about you know third party tracking?" Blah blah. And this person doesn't actually know about the laws, but they've heard things from people that also don't know. And now I'm able to reply and say. You know, great that you take an interest in this. Here's our privacy section for all the questions. And they can click that and they can literally see all of the EU privacy law. Um, we haven't got Canadian on there, but we're going to have to do that as the Canadian law is currently adapting. Um, and they can see, you know, GDPR and uh, CCPA and, and Copper as well is a big one for um, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are, who are doing websites that if your website has um, children visiting it, I'm sure you've heard the story of YouTube and, and their, their fine that they got. <laughs> yep. They're gross, man. They're really gross. But um, we're, we're good for, if you have kids on your site, we don't invade their privacy and try and sell stuff to them and all that kind of nonsense. But yeah, you can come on this privacy section and that just saves us a ton of time. So I'm not on Twitter then going back and forth with people either. I can yeah. just link them. And that's huge because I don't want to dismiss people's concerns. If they have a concern because they don't understand something, or they don't understand how Fathom works, yeah. I want to link them to it. And, it. and it's been great. So I'm really happy that we actually invested in that section. And Yeah, and there's yeah. so much misinformation. And I mean, re speaks to this all the time. There's so much misinformation out there about mm. privacy law yeah. and so many things that are on published articles on websites that are just patently wrong. Oh, well, Re has pointed out, Re will point out huge companies, high-profile mm-hmm. companies, and they will make the stupidest of mistakes. So their their cookie banner, for example, isn't, proper or things like that people just yeah. don't understand so and honestly that's where we get to let's just remove cookie banners let's stop dealing with this nonsense and let's actually as i tweeted on the fathom account yesterday stop invading privacy start using fathom there's no world where you can look at what we do and argue and the reason i'm feeling passionate about this this morning is because the topic of ad blockers has come up two days in a row now mm-hmm. now ad blockers why do you use an ad blocker 
because you want to stop Facebook, Google and, and various other malicious actors, or I don't know if the word malicious is, is too much, but various other trackers that invade your privacy, you want to block them. No one's thinking, uh, you know, oh, I want to block the company that doesn't keep any data about what I'm browsing, that just sums it up. You know, yeah. no one's want using that for Fathom. And the ad blockers say, oh, you know, we want to block all third-party tracking. Well, you're idiots. And if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you are, you are idiots. Because, you know, it's such short-term thinking and it's actually damaging to privacy. Because when you block Fathom and other privacy-first analytics software, you're making it harder for people to leave Google. Because previously, that was one of the big selling points. And it hasn't damaged us in a business level, but it's still, I want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, people could say to their, to their bosses, to their clients, oh, well, you know, Fathom isn't blocked by ad blockers, right? And that was huge. And, and now they're just blocking it. And I'm just thinking, well, why are you doing that? What are we at? We're not doing anything wrong. We're doing everything for user privacy. And I've just given up talking with these people. You know, they're really, really radical. There's no long-term thinking. And I mean, as people will know, we have custom domains. And that came out of frustration because we couldn't have conversations with these people. And I we think tried. I actually, well, one person, I think I just said, <laughs> just said, fine, <laughs> if we're not going to have a conversation, we're just going to bypass it. Yeah. Because you are wrong. And everyone thinks that they're right, you know, with these kinds of things. But I want to hear, and if people listening to this disagree with me, I'm 100% all ears. Is it actually bad, right, for Fathom not to be blocked? What's the damage in us not being blocked by ad blockers? Now, the next step for us, and I've got to persuade Paul round to this. This is brand new, Paul. I've put it in Basecamp. You might have seen it. I did. I want us to fund a survey, a wide, a wide-scale survey of why people use ad blockers and whether they care about privacy-first software being, um, being blocked and if it's important to them. Mm. Because there will be some people that say, look, you know what, I want all third-party blocked, but I don't think that's the majority. That's yeah. what I've been thinking about the lot. I know I said I haven't had any coffee and won't have much energy yeah. today, but that has been on my mind. And, and that's why and we're, we're launching Custom Domains V2, which is, I don't know if I want to... You know what? Screw it. It it, it does more. Oh, you're going to talk about it. People, people, people here of yeah. us. You you can you can cut it. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the the marketing the buzzword, um, and that's it. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna go into detail. Sure. I'm going to say, and you can cut this if you disagree. Custom domains v2 is unblockable. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'll leave that in. I'll leave that in because I agree. I, we've we talked about it. I'm sick of these ad blocker people. I'm, I'm not the people that use them. I'm sick of the people that maintain the list. It's a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. uh, you block Origin. There's one guy who just sits there, and that's the guy I had a clash with. To be honest, it was a clash. You know, I, he really we didn't get on with each other. No, and, I mean uh, you tried to present a reasonable argument, and he was just like, I don't want to listen. He so saw me as the bad. Argue. He saw me as the bad guy from the start. I could tell. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we're done. We're done dealing with them. But I also want to get some data behind this because my assumption, I, I believe I'm right, but I want to get some data behind it, and I want to do it in a way that's not biased. Perhaps we can get someone independent in. But I think it's worth funding. You know, we talked about spending twenty grand on um, high quality clothing. <laughs> I'm sure that we could fund something like this. Yeah, I mean, I already work with a quantitative, a qualitative research oh, you company. Do, yeah, for your well, yeah, because the did, last privacy survey that we that I did um, before yeah, Fathom. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, Let's do this. It's happening. <laughs> I think that would just be valuable because people listening to this or perhaps use Fathom, no one, no one cares about blocking us. And people get annoyed when Fathom is blocked and they say, why is Fathom blocked? 
Uh, but uh, that's and been it, on my mind, my friend. That's been yeah. I mean, we should be. It, it seems like we should be on the same team, right? Like it seems like if both parties care about privacy, Fathom can't follow people around the internet. Fathom doesn't associate personal information with visitors. It rolls it up in aggregate. Like it just seems like if their problem, if their stance is we want people to have more privacy and we're like, okay, we followed all of the things that you disagree with on the internet and we're yes. actively doing these things and that's how our company is built. And they're like, yeah, no. Well, and we, we actively don't. encourage people to move from Google. So yes. that's what they're not looking at. They're not looking at the outcome, the overall outcome, the, the net of everything. Yeah. And it does, it does get frustrating, but you know what? We've had to deal with it our own way. If we have to have conversations with them and it can be productive and we can start afresh, I'm happy to have those conversations. And I mean, our access logs, we have to keep temporary access logs for security reasons. Mm-hmm. We strip the websites they visit. It's just IP addresses. And that's <laughs> like having an IP address means nothing. It doesn't it, like in our case, imagine you have a temporary access log. I think it's 24 hours. Yeah. So someone imagine someone got hold of our access logs. They can say, ah, this IP address here visited one of these and then it's like over I think over 50,000 websites we have now yeah. and it's just more and more each day ah you visited uh was it this this they can't you can't do it you can't you can't even oh i'm on one today you are yeah. plus uh, the, the likelihood of them even being able to get that behind so much like it's just and it's, it's kept for 24 hours inconceivable and like, inconceivable inconceivable we nuke nuke the user agents as well it's just yeah, and then the hashing is nuts, and there's a, a hash per site, and it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I don't maybe the ad. Okay, so here's my here's me being reasonable. Maybe sure. the ad blockers just don't actually know what we do because at the time we didn't have our ridiculous level of detail, and they thought, you know what, it's third party tracking. We don't know if we can trust these people. Maybe and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's why it was. Yeah, <laughs> and we do, and I think ad blockers are a big deal. We've heard from quite a few folks that our data, they're, they like, if they leave Google Analytics on their site and install our, our embed code as well, mm, which you can yeah. totally do, you can run both side by side if you want, if you're trying it out in the beginning. And people come to us and they're like, hey, why is the data different? Are you counting, <laughs> are you counting double? Like, is Fathom broken? I'm like, no, yeah. Fathom is accurate. Because with custom domains, you get that much more traffic and you get a deeper insight into all of your visitors, not just... Well, even without the custom domains, dude, um, we're not blocked by Safari. We're not blocked by a lot of ad blockers. So I'm not having a go at all ad blocker companies here. A lot of them, you know, some of them have been reasonable. Um, But yeah, if you're using Fathom, use a custom domain. It takes less than five minutes to set up. and, uh, And like I say unblockable custom domains and i mean that sounds provocative i was trying not to sound provocative you know what they probably don't listen to this podcast and it would just be customers and various other people hearing this so i'm okay yeah. with that so that that's coming um when, when we get v3 out the door innovation comes most when we're fired up yes i've, I've really found that it's, it's been you know our, our cookie-less analytics invention came from someone who was um po- kind of poking us a little bit uh i forget what it was it was I know I don't forget what it was. I just remembered. I'm not going to talk about it. But it came from <laughs> someone that was just poking at us and for like com- some commercial gain or something. And uh, that's where our innovation comes from. You know, you poker, almost like you poke a sleeping dragon. And then we're like, <laughs> you start drawing cats and I start getting my <laughs> pen and paper. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I draw some cats, you write some code. Although I'm drawing a rubber ducky today. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a cat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good update. And I mean, as we get closer to V three, we'll 
be talking more about i feel like we're sharing more on this than we are anywhere else about the things that we're working on more detail so, for sure you yeah know, we're rolling out so, with this migration soon as well which is important for everyone to know the yeah. data migration which is which is the, i mean the technical side it's a foundation for everything we've done paul's had the the ui all built for ages so i then have to just tie things together and uh yeah progress progress is being made i mean it does take i think on the outside when you're when you're waiting for something from a business you're like how come this isn't ready yet and then internally it's like oh we have to make stuff and support all of the stuff and run the business as well and get ddos attacked (laughs) yes every single week i think still yeah still every single weekend yeah which is funny because when it first started happening before we built all the stuff so stressful it was so and now it's like (laughs) hey are we still getting ddos every weekend or like check i'm like oh yeah i guess that did happen (laughs) we didn't even notice i spoke to someone the other day and and they was talking about they're talking about ddos attacks and i don't know if i said this on the podcast before no it was i forget when it was but and i and the ddos attack and i looked at the data and i just thought i laughed the first thing i did was laugh and then i said okay that's not helpful but we get a big attack, man. Like this is a mm-hmm. like this is a big attack each week. It's pretty insane. But no, we're feeling good, and uh, yeah, it's coming nicely, and we're nearly there. And we've said April. April's the date I've given everyone on the t- the Twitter account, and April's we, the date you've given me. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know. We might be going live on Paul's birthday. I think Paul said he was quite keen on that. So we'll see what happens. Oh God. That. As long as I don't have to do support on that day, whatever day you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, April's the target. I mean, worst case, the absolute worst case is it goes into May, but that's not how I'm thinking. Right now I'm thinking early April and then hopefully it will just bleed into late April. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to rush anything. You know, we're not, we're not reporting to a boss. There's no shareholders, but we want to get it out as quick as possible because people want these features. They're hyped. And that's what that most of our support right now is people emailing us asking for features that we're actively building. Easily 95%. And the the rest of the emails are asking us about other privacy products that we use. What do you recommend? What those are so common now. But I think that that I think that that's so amazing that people basically trust us not just with their analytics, but with like, oh well, what's fathom using um to like I, I one of our customers maggie emailed us about this today and i know she listens to the podcast so hey maggie um about uh, about email products and about um i think the other thing was like word processing and that and i think it's cool that people are like well what's fathom using because that's the because they do because they know about privacy so i think that really speaks to the brand which i'm really really stoked about that yeah. people ask us a lot about those things so and we throw out fast mail and hey as being two good ones. And I think we can say, you know, this morning, um, DHH confirmed that he's coming on our podcast. So that's going yes. to be very exciting. We'll be talking about, if you have any questions for DHH, um, throw them in. You know, very smart guy. We're going to be doing a bit of research for this one and um, trying to get some get some value that isn't necessarily already out there. Because they write a lot. I mean, him and Jason just produce mm-hmm. so much content. So we're Especially and, now that Hay's a blogging engine oh, yeah. <laughs> as well. Okay, and so if people, are, if people are looking to learn about marketing and product positioning, follow DHH and Jason. It's absolutely ridiculous. So Paul pointed out to me this Hay World thing. It's nuts. So you've now got, an, you've now got email software, um, newsletter software, and blogging software, but it doesn't feel crammed. Like it feels it, like it's nuts. Yeah. That's just, it's surreal. And it's all privacy f- focused as well. They're not doing any tracking. And I don't know, they, I reckon it might, it might add analytics to the blog. Who knows if they'll do that. But they're not doing any of the spying or any of the inappropriate stuff. It's bloody marvellous. So 
do follow them and watch how they position their products and things. But um, we've got lots of questions for DHH as well as a business that definitely aspires to be like the Basecamp model. So we'll be putting ours together. But if you have any questions about business and, and various other things and privacy, let us know. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to call it for this week. Yeah. Sounds good. All right.